Hey friends, this is Josh Blair and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you could check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. Before I get to the text this morning, though, I want to ask you a couple of questions. And I just want you to answer yes or no or a lot or whatever your answer might be to these questions. The first one is this question. Have you ever invested in something or someone in a relationship maybe, and that you did not get a return on that investment. The the amount of time, the amount of energy, the amount of purpose and resources you invested into that thing or to that person did not pay dividends. There was no return. There was no reciprocation of the amount of time and energy you invested into that. Have you ever had that happen before? Maybe you've invested in the start market, you lost everything, you thought, well, I'll never do that again. Or maybe you invested in relationship or friendships or something and you, you gave and you were giving more than you were getting in return. Have you ever had that happen to you before? If you have, I want to I wanna say that there's, you probably have asked yourself, was it worth it? You might have asked yourself the question, was it all worth it? All the time, all the energy, all the resources I put into this person or into this thing, and I got nothing in return, was it worth it? Maybe you ask yourself the question, did anything I did make a difference? Have I made a difference with the things that I've really given my life to or the things that I've really invested in? Has it made a difference? Or maybe you're thinking, will anyone else notice the sacrifice that I've made and the time and the energy that I've spent? Will people even know? that I've given all of my time and energy to this thing when nothing has been returned. Sometimes we can be really sincere about pouring into others uh, as investments only to find that those investments don't bear fruit. Have you ever done that before? You poured your life, you poured your purpose into someone and that purpose was not returned. What are you supposed to do? Have you ever asked yourself that question? You've done all these things. You get burned by the lack of return on investment and you ask yourself, should I just stop? Sometimes that can be our answer. That can be our resolve. Well, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to put myself out there again. I'm not going to invest my heart again. I'm not going to invest my time, resources, and energy again because it's not worth it. I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to connect. I'm not going to reach out because it's not worth it. Have you ever asked yourself that question? Should we just give up then? What happens when that, when that happens to us? What happens when our investments fall flat? Should we just stop trying? Do we just give up? Give up on relationships? Give up on tasks, the things that God has called us to when we've tried and they don't reach fulfillment? Do we just walk away? I think the answer to this question, to all these questions, are found in Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 41. So if you'll turn there, Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 41, we're going to read that together. And before we get to the text, let's pray. I want to pray for you and for the word. I ask, Lord Jesus, for all those who are watching and listening right now, that God, you would open up their ears to hear, their eyes to see what you have in store for them, that their hearts would be ready to receive, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak to me clearly and speak through me clearly on your word today. God, let it be light to our path. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Starting in verse 41, it says this, And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. So what's happening here? Jesus and his disciples go into the temple, and they're there by the treasury, and they're watching people come in and give their offering or give, give into the offering box of the treasury. And he says this, Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make up a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Now, historically, we've interpreted this story of Jesus praising the widow as a model example of what it means to be generous, what it means to be a giver. So we would say something like this, hey, like the widow gave it all, you should give it all. You should invest it all. You should do it all because Jesus gave it all for you, right? And that's a good message, really. Uh, and and it is, it's encouraging to think, okay, I can give it all because Jesus has given it all. And I think it's important, and although that is an encouraging word, and we as followers of Jesus knew, do need to develop in our generosity, I don't think it's the only lesson we can receive from this passage of Scripture. If the only message that you hear today is, hey, be generous like the widow was generous, that's a good message, but I don't think it's the whole message that Jesus was trying to reveal in Mark's gospel to us, his readers and listeners. Because really, that message alone doesn't really encourage us when we have given, when we have invested, and there's not been a return on that investment yet. Some of us, we have given, we have poured into people's lives and they've walked away. We have tried to disciple and encourage people in the faith only to have them turn and go the opposite direction. And we feel like, I'm giving everything that I can and I don't see a return on the investment. So how does that encourage us? Because telling someone to be a better giver might inspire them for a day to be a better giver or more generous, but it might not inspire them for a lifetime to be generous. Especially when you've given and you don't see the results of that generosity or when you've put in effort and that effort and that something doesn't last. What do we do then? So I told you at the beginning that we're going to be looking at uh, another Markian sandwich. I know some of you have missed it. You've been wondering when are we going to get back to the sandwiches of Mark? I know if you haven't been listening to the Gospel of Mark as I've been preaching through it, you may not know what a Markian sandwich is. But those of you who have, I know that you've been, you're salivating just talking about a Markian sandwich. What is a Markian sandwich? Well, whatever's in the middle, the middle of the story defines what's going on. So the, the, the passages before and after help to define what's going on in the middle, or the middle defines what's going on around it. So it's a sandwich. It's it's a beginning and an end, and the middle defines what the sandwich is about. And so we're going to look at a sandwich right now that is about this widow's story. And we are, uh, as we dive into it, I think it's going to give us a different perspective on the widow's gift, on the widow's offering. So to find the sandwich, we have to back up a little bit, go to verse 38. And Jesus is talking to his disciples about the scribes. 
The scribes and the Pharisees, they were religious leaders of the day, those who were concerned more about uh, ritual purity, and uh, they had a lot of rules and a lot of regulations, and Jesus is saying to his disciples, be mindful. So he says this in in verse 38, and in his teaching he said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feast. So the first part of this sandwich, Jesus is confronting the religious leaders' corruption. He is saying this, look, they're more concerned with their name, with their status, with their pride, how people see them, than they are really concerned about leading people to God. They're more concerned about how they're viewed than how people see God. And so he's, he's pointing out, look, they are, they're corrupt in a lot of their ways. They desire to build their own names than build the kingdom of God. They're, they're more concerned with, with leading people in how they, they want them to live rather than leading people to God. And so Jesus points it out. And then he says this line that helps us connect the sandwich together. He says this, these scribes, they devour widows' houses and for pretense make long prayers, and they will receive a greater condemnation. So what's, what's happening here? He's saying here's how their corruption is played out. This is how Jesus is revealing their corruption to us. He's saying this, they wear long robes. Why? To show off. You got a long robe, you got to get people to watch out for you that shows how, how nice you look how well put together you are. They wore long robes to show off. They wanted to be noticed. They loved when people would yell out in the marketplace, hey, how are you? They would greet them. They were like, oh, yes, because I'm an important person. I love it when people recognize me. I love it when people know my name. They wanted, they wanted to be recognized. They wanted to be seen. They wanted to be heard. They were given places of honor before people. They, they wanted people to honor them. And they prayed long prayers. Why? To demonstrate how good they were at it. Oh, I know how to pray. I, I am a prayer person. So listen to all my prayers. There was pride. There was arrogance. There was a desire for their names to be recognized. And finally, it says, they devour widows' houses. Why? Because they wanted to build their own houses. Jesus is saying, the very people that I have called you to care for, you're taking from so that you can get richer. And he's he's telling this divide here. These people are, are working within a corrupt system and taking from those who are sincere to build up their own corruption. We understand in chapter 11 that Jesus condemned the temple sacrificial system already as being corrupt and fruitless. We see that with the the. When he goes to the temple, he flips over tables. Then he goes to the fig tree. The fig tree before, it's one other sandwich. Curses the fig tree for being fruitless. Goes to the temple, flips it over. It says, you're fruitless. Then comes back, the fig tree is dead. He's saying now the temple is dead. It is corrupt and fruitless. So we see that in chapter 11. And now, after he says, beware of these people who are leading and ruling in the temple. Beware of their corruption. Now we have the scene where people are coming to the temple and giving. They're giving large sums the wealthy are. And now he sees this widow who gives her two coins that make up a penny. 
And as they're going into the treasury, as they give, when they would give to the treasury, it was for the temple's upkeep. It was to make sure the temple was well taken care of. And those who were running it made sure they took care of themselves. And we see this widow giving her last penny to a system that Jesus seems to be saying is corrupt and condemned. So on the other side of the widow's offering, the other part of the sandwich, we read this in Mark chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. And as he came out of the temple, he's leaving the temple now after watching everyone give. One of his disciples said to him, look, teacher, what wonderful stones, what wonderful buildings. They come out of the temple and he's saying, look how beautiful this temple is. How beautiful the stones are. How beautiful the buildings. What does Jesus say? He said to them, do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. So what's happening here? Here's the sandwich. We see and we hear Jesus say, beware of the corruption of these leaders of the temple, these scribes who devour widows' houses to build their own house. Then we see a widow who's going into the temple and giving her last, her last penny to build this temple, to upkeep it. Then Jesus comes out and he says after it, he marvel, they marvel at the temple, say, Jesus, look how beautiful. And he says, these things don't matter. They're all going to be torn down anyway. What's going on? Could it be that Jesus is making a point not only about the generosity he desires to see in his followers, something that we've taught for years about the passage of Scripture, about this widow and her generosity. But maybe he's also making the point of what we really invest our lives in. And if the investment is going to last beyond ourselves, could he be saying, be mindful about what you give to, what you invest your lives in, because some things are temporal, some things are only here for this earth, and other things are lasting for eternity. So what you are investing yourselves in, be mindful that it lasts for eternity and not that it's going to be divided up and destroyed later on. And at the same time, could he also be teaching, and I think this is a, a message specifically for church leaders and pastors and those who are in ministry, could he also be warning those of us who are in church leadership about our responsibility to be good stewards of the gifts that people give to the Lord. I think he's doing both of those things. And I think there's so much more that he's wanting to reveal to us. But I, I want to kind of tackle the, the last point first about the warning to, religion, to the church leaders and to pastors. And then we'll go back to the widow. But I just want to say this quickly. As your pastor and as a leader in, uh, in this church, I have responsibility as the steward to make sure that the offerings and the gifts that you give uh, are, are for building the kingdom of God, not building my own name or my own kingdom. I have the responsibility to make sure that everything that has been given is to be a resource to reach people and to love people. That's a responsibility that I hold on my shoulders. Not so that people can, and, and I think this is where sometimes we get a little confused. We don't do things in the community so that people can say, look at Central Valley Church. Wow. So they can know Central Valley Church. We want to do things in the community and love our neighbors so that people can say, wow, look at Jesus. And they can know the name of Jesus. And sometimes church leaders, church pastors are more concerned about building the name of their church and building their name in the community when they should be rather more concerned about building the name of Jesus. And building up the name of Jesus so that people see Jesus. 
and not necessarily a church or a denomination. And so I think that Jesus could be warning us as leaders and as pastors, hey, be mindful that you're not building your own kingdom, but you're building the kingdom of God. I think that's something that we all should take into consideration because there is a difference between building the name of a church and building the name of Jesus. Jesus warned against religious leaders of his day because they sought to build their own kingdoms. They wanted to be seen. They wanted to be recognized. They wanted to be heard. They wanted to be loved by the people. They wanted to be important. Well, and while doing that, they devoured those who they were supposed to be caring for. And they put burdens on people when they should have been lightening their loads. So there is a warning to church leaders and I believe to all believers who have been gifted something by the Lord to steward. That he wants to be, us to be mindful of the gifts that he has given us that we invest them well. But all the more for those who, has, who have been entrusted to care for the Lord's tithes and offerings as people give them. Now, I want to talk about the widow and the widow's offering. She has given all that she has, from what we understand Jesus is saying, to a corrupt system that will not last. She is giving her her last penny, what she had to live off of, to a corrupt system that will not last. Here's the question that I think we need to ask ourselves. Does that devalue what she has given? Does it mean what she has given the last of herself? Does it make it worthless because it went to a corrupt system that did not last? I think the answer is no. I think that we can learn two things from the story about the widow. Besides besides the warning to church leaders, I think there's two things that we can learn from the story of the widow. The first one is this, that Jesus sees everything. He sees every effort. He sees every investment. He sees every resource given, all time and energy spent. He sees it all, regardless if there's a return on the investment or not. He knows the heart of the one who is giving it, and he sees it. I think we can learn that from the widow's offering, that even though she was giving to something that wasn't going to last in that time or was corrupt, she, she was desiring to love God with all that she had. And even though she didn't get a return on the investment, Jesus saw it. Even the very small things that some people think are small, in their eyes, God sees how much it cost you, how much of an investment it was for you, how much time and energy it took, what kind of cost it was to your life, even if other people don't recognize it, Jesus sees it. I think that's something we can take from this story. The second thing, though, I think it is that we can take from this widow's story is that it calls us to question what we're really investing ourselves in and the longevity of that investment. I do think that now on the, on the other side of this text with hindsight being 2020, we can look back and say, was her investment the wisest investment? Was her investment worth it all? In the sense that is there, is there other investments? Are there other things that we can put ourselves into that will have longevity, that will last for eternity? It's a question that we should all be asking ourselves as followers. What are we investing our lives in that will last forever? What can we invest in now that will last for eternity? I think there are two things. We can invest our lives in the pursuit of Jesus because that is an investment that is wise and that pays dividends forever. 
We can invest our lives, our energy, our resources in the pursuit of Jesus. We'll always get a return on that investment. And I think, I think the other investment that we can invest in with the, with the hopes for eternity is, is the investment of souls, into the investment of people, in the investment of relationships, because those relationships have the potential for life in eternity. Now, the, 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 the difference between those two is this, that when we invest our lives into Jesus, we will, return, we will get a return on that investment. It's called heaven. But the risk of investing in the lives of people is that sometimes we don't get a return on those investments. We can spend time and resources and energy loving people, investing, discipling, and they can still walk away. They can still decide not to follow. They can still decide to go the other way. The question is, what if we invest and it doesn't pay off when we invest in others? What if when we seek to help people in their, in their relationship with Jesus or help them in life, that they reject us or they reject the word of God? What should we do? What if we do all that we can do for people and they still turn on us? Does that mean that we should become shut-ins and hermits and, and push people away and just say, look, just me and God, because that's an investment that I know has a return, but I'm not willing to risk me and people because that's an investment I don't know if there's going to be a return on. I think that Jesus would challenge us to say, look, if you're going to invest in me, then allow me to invest in people through you. Allow the Lord to say, look, there are two investments that I want you to invest in. I want you to invest in me, and I want you to invest in people. Yes, there's risk involved. Yes, there's the potential for hurt. Yes, there's the potential for, for difficulty and for hardships and for backstabs. Yes, there's the potential, yet there could be a great return if you're willing to invest if you're willing to give your life, if you're willing to spend it all in the pursuit of Jesus and others. Why? Because Jesus sees and Jesus is watching. The message I hear from this story of the widow's offering is more than just a message about being a generous giver. I hear Jesus say this, invest your lives into something that will last. Invest in something that is worth your life. Invest your life in me. And as you follow me and you allow me to change you and work in your life, then allow me to move through you to reach others. From last week, we heard Jesus talk about the greatest commandment and he said this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus is saying here, are you willing to invest to follow those commands? And I think that, I just want to say this quickly. Maybe you're thinking, well, what do we do with giving, and should we give? Yeah, I think the question of giving your tithe and offering to the Lord through your local church is important because the Lord uses the local church to reach out and touch the local community. So giving our tithe and giving our offering to the Lord through the local church is important. That's no doubt. There's no question about that. We should be doing that. We should be striving 
to invest in those lives because the church is the instrument, is the, is the tool that God is using in the world. But I don't think that the widow's story is all about giving to your local church. I don't think that it's the end-all, be-all of that story. I think it's more about what we decide to invest our lives in. And what will we do when we feel discouraged about the lack of return on those investments? What do we do? So here's the point. I feel like from this story we can understand this, that we need to invest our time, our energy, our resources into what is eternal, not what is temporal or not in what will not last forever. Namely, serving Jesus, pursuing Jesus, loving Jesus. That is an investment that will always return so much more, 10, 20, 30, 100 fold. Will it be returned back to you when you pursue Jesus? He's a treasure that keeps on giving. And I think the other thing that we can invest our lives in is caring for and building relationships with people. Even those relationships that don't return on our investment. Even when we get burned, even when they turn their backs on us, even when they backstab us, gossip about us, badmouth us to others. It's still worth the investment because Jesus is seeing and he's watching. He sees even the smallest effort and says, this is what I've called you to. Love the Lord and love people. Loving people is not easy. Obeying the voice of God sometimes is not easy because of that loving people part. But Jesus says, is it worth your investment? Yes, it is. Even if you don't get a return on it from those people because you get a reward from, from the Lord in heaven. Jesus sees your contribution, even if no one else does. In this walk with Jesus, you will pour your life into someone, and they will walk away in the opposite direction. It's almost a given in ministry and in, in, as a follower of Jesus that you're going to pour into people, and you're going you're gonna to invest your energy and your time and your resources, and they'll only just walk away from you. It happens. It happens. But does that mean we should stop trying? That we should stop living life with people? I know people who have invited people into their homes only to get burned by those people and then decide, I'll never open my door to those people again. I'll never open my door to anybody again because of the hurt I experienced from that reaching out. But that's not what Jesus calls us to do in ministry or in life as followers. He says, live life with people, even those who don't return on your investment. Live life with them. Continue. Even if they don't, pour into others. Invest in others. Invest in lives of others because it's worth it in the end. So keep investing. Keep giving. Keep serving because you're investing something that could be, that is eternal. And we want to be good stewards. So those of you who have been serving Jesus for years, I'm sure that you've experienced what I'm talking about right now. I'm sure that you've invested into people only to be burned by them, only to have bridges burned and people walk away. But you have two choices today, don't you? One, you can become bitter and close off people and decide you'll never let anybody else close to you. Or you can say, I'm willing to still invest. I'm willing to disciple. I'm willing to coach. I'm willing to help. I'm willing to serve because I love God 
and I see the worth in people, so I'm willing to invest in them, even if they don't return that investment. I pray that you'll continue to live a life that invests in others because your life belongs to the Lord. Uh, Colossians 3, 23, I was telling my wife about this message, and as we're driving over, she said, that reminds me of Colossians 3, 23, and I said, that's right, I'm gonna add it because you're right, and the Lord speaks through you to me. And it says this, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. So when we invest in people's lives, when we want to live life with people, we're doing it not only for their sake, but because we are working for the Lord. We're saying, God, you have given me life, so I want to be a good steward, and I want to give life to others. I want to invest in others. I want to love others because you have given me your love. So we work for the Lord and not to, to win the approval of people. And our, our, our acclaim and our worth doesn't rise or fall on what people say about us or what people do to us. Our worth is found in Jesus. So we can continue to pour out because he is continually pouring in. And so, so we want to be people who say we see the worth and value of people and we want to invest in them. Church, we're in a season right now where people will reject the things of God. They are rejecting the things of God. And they'll reject your demonstration of his love for them. They'll tell you there is no God. They'll tell you he doesn't love them. They'll tell you all kinds of things as a rejection of God and his love and, their, and his demonstration of love through you. But that doesn't mean that we stop. It means that we love anyway. It means that we serve anyway. It means we'll do what God has called us to do anyway because we're working for the Lord and not for their approval, not for their respect, not for their honor. We're not out there to make a name for ourselves. We're out there to make a name for Jesus. So Jesus calls us to serve him by loving others. And for those who have, who have been investing their lives into things that are not eternal, that will not last beyond this time on earth. I want to call you and I want to challenge you this morning to invest your life in the thing that, can, that, is, all, that is worth your life. To invest your life in the one thing that is worth your life and that is the pursuit of Jesus. He is the only one worthy of your life. He is the only one truly worthy of your affection and your love because he's already given his love and his affection to you. All you have to do is receive it and accept it, and walk in joy and freedom. He is calling you right now. And there, there, is, uh, there is this only true return on the investment of your life, and it's found in Jesus. Anything else is spent on things that will not last for eternity. So I want to just encourage you, I want to give you an opportunity right now to give your life to Christ so that he can come and make you new. He can redeem you. He can restore you. He can give you hope and a future. He can set you free from the things that you're struggling with and that you're bound to and that you've been investing in that to have no return on the, those investments so that Jesus can really give you the worth uh, of your life. So would you pray? Would you bow your heads with me right now and let's pray together? Say these words after me. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, say, Jesus... Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I am lost without you. 
I need you now to come into my heart and into my life and change me from the inside out. Forgive me of my sin. Set me free and give me life in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, would you fill out an eConnect card? There's a link right there for you. You can click on that. It'll come right to us, and that'll help us to connect with you and help you along the journey of following Jesus. And for the rest of us who are followers of Christ, I want to just pray a prayer of encouragement for you. That those of us who have invested into people's lives and have not seen a return on that investment, I pray that you would not be discouraged, but that you would be encouraged today that Jesus sees your effort, sees your time and your energy and your resources invested in people and says it's worth it. I want to encourage you to continue to pursue Jesus and to love people. This is what I see him saying through Mark's gospel in these passages of scripture, and I believe it is encouragement for us Things get heavy, life gets hard. There's so many things going on, so, many, so much chaos. The church needs to be a place where people can find the love and hope of Jesus. We have to not be discouraged by what we see around us, but be encouraged that Jesus sees us and he sees the effort that we're giving to love people and invest in their lives. So let me pray for you and let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Lord, I pray In the mighty name of Jesus, for your people, I pray that they would be strengthened and encouraged today. I pray, Jesus, that they would continue to be light in dark places, regardless of how they're received, regardless if they're rejected or turned away from. I pray for healing in hearts of those people right now who have been hurt, who bridges have been burned, who have been backstabbed and walked away with, uh, walked away from, and and talked bad against God because they invested their lives and didn't see a return on that investment. I pray for healing supernaturally in their hearts right now. And I also pray, God, that you would encourage them and strengthen them to continue to invest in people, to continue to be the light, continue to show love in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us be the church in this dark hour to rise up to be a light, a city on the hill, that will not be hidden. We love you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends. It'd help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Central Valley Church, go to cvcmadera.churchcenter.com for more information. We love you. God bless.